Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone, this is The Roman Show, February 23, 2016 on this episode. We welcome Kyle of Failure Anthem, this plus much more on The Roman Show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. Alright, whenever you're ready. you're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in space. Booster, go. Retro, go. Fido, go. Fido, guidance, the Roman show with your host Rodolfo Roman all right, everyone, welcome to The Roman Show. This is February 23rd. I am your host, Rodolfo Roman. And please follow us on social media at The Roman Show on Twitter and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Roman Show Media. And on the other end, he has returned, George Alonzo. George, what have you been doing, man? You haven't been on the show. Man, you know, I've been scouting some great news uh, all over the Western world and uh, of course, and 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 promoting the Roman show, you have to you have to understand. Not only am I the voice of this show, but I am also the brains, and I'm sharing this these brains with the entire world. Uh, that way, you're heard. I have no idea what you just said, but whatever, man. Basically, in other <laughs> words, it's media expertise, public relations expertise. That that is what George has been doing. All right, let, let let's quit the talking. Uh, I invite everyone to go out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash alromano201, where we have some great interviews, especially George uh, interviewing Mick Foley. Uh, we have the Rey Mysterio, and we have, coming up to, very, very soon, Martin Stone. George interviews Martin Stone about his take on uh, independent wrestling and his experience uh, in NXT when he was uh, out there uh, performing. But either way, let's go ahead and kick it up notch here and start off with reality check ladies and gentlemen listeners all around the world welcome to the showdown well george we heard the big news shane o'mcmahon shane o'mac shane mcmahon has returned to the wwe it's been a long time since we have seen the son of vince mcmahon on a Monday Night Raw episode or any WWE related programming and it was announced that he is going to take on The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell at Wrestlemania 32. Obviously this changes the panorama when it comes to Wrestlemania because in the beginning everyone was upset and and saying to themselves why am I going to watch this? What are they selling me? You know how the big names are hurt. John Cena's hurt. Randy Orton is hurt. Seth Rollins is hurt. But this kind of saved the show, George, and we've seen Shane McMahon. We know what he's capable of doing, taking these crazy bumps, taking it to the extreme, and to take on The Undertaker in a hell in a cell, that totally shifts the gear at WrestleMania, and I think it got my attention and so many others. 
I have to agree with you, Mr. Roman. Uh, you know, you and I, we were some of the people saying, like, oh, my God, how's WrestleMania ever going to bounce back from this? Because the injury list just kept on growing and growing and growing. And especially when John Cena was called out of injury because he was expected to have one of his biggest WrestleMania matches to this date when he was scheduled to wrestle The Undertaker this year. And, but, you know, it, it, you and I were like, oh, my God, how are they going to bounce back? How are they going to bounce back? And then all of a sudden, they hit us with, like, a curveball from right field because no one, including myself, expected Shane McMahon back. And let me tell you something. From everyone, every single match that I've watched Shane McMahon in, they've all been classics, okay, including for matches with Steve Blackman, all the way down to Vince McMahon, to even matches with Shawn Michaels, and even with Kurt Angle, which you interviewed. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's phenomenal, and I cannot wait to see this match at WrestleMania. I am going to call uh, a, seg- uh, a scene in the match, though. I will call dibs, uh, and I'm going to say this. Please do expect a high spot from Shane McMahon that includes a elbow from the top of the cage, through a table. Expect it because Shane McMahon has always been that type to do some daredevil, uh, you know, aerial offense. I agree, and of course, we can't really tell that much, but from the looks of it, Shane McMahon looks in great shape. He looks in great spirits, and, and, and it's obvious he's he, he wants to be here. It's not like, uh, hey, you got nothing else to do. Come on board. He looks great. But, but Mr. Roman, yeah, he looks phenomenal, mind you, for his age. But Mr. Roman, let's let's admit something. You know, look at the the stipulation with this match. If Shane McMahon wins, he gets full control of the WWE or WWE Raw, however you want to look at it. Uh, if he loses, then Vince McMahon will get everything that Shane McMahon holds over his head back. To be honest with you, you could only see growth into this story if Shane McMahon wins. And it, and again, this is just my prediction, folks. That this is nothing that I read or nothing. If Shane McMahon, the only way with the story growing is if Shane McMahon wins. Yes. And I will tell you this much, it's going to take a lot for Shane McMahon to win against The Undertaker. Yeah, and you know, it puts the the legacy of The Undertaker on, on, on the line as well because we all wanted him to be undefeated and to him to lose on the second uh, time at WrestleMania, is is the Undertaker willing to take one for the team losing this match at WrestleMania, which could possibly be his last one? It, it really makes this match exciting because we really don't know what the heck to expect. It, man, to be honest with you, Mr. Roman, I could go on with predictions. Honestly, please do expect an interference from Vic McMahon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Undertaker being the the Lone Ranger, per se, of the WWE, of the, the guy who stands up for the rights uh, in the WWE, expect Undertaker to go against Vince McMahon's interference. How, where, or how this will go down, it, it's beyond me. But all I know is that my prediction is elbow from the top through a table uh, by Shane. If he hits it or misses it, we'll have to see. And on top of that, Shane McMahon will win. I totally agree. All right, moving forward, obviously, we will talk more about this and how the story will play out between these two gentlemen who will be stepping inside the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania as we get closer to the big event on uh, April 3rd from Texas. 
Well, a lot of stuff developing in the world of uh, professional wrestling. You know, one thing, Roman Reigns defeats both Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose at Fastlane in the, in the triple threat. Now he faces Triple H. One thing, George, that I was thinking, doesn't it suck that here you have Roman Reigns, and I'm not taking anything away from Roman Reigns. He is, he is a good talent, you know, despite a lot of people not uh, approving of him. But doesn't it stink that a guy like CM Punk, who is a respectable wrestler, never got to main event or WrestleMania? And Roman Reigns has already main evented too? Yeah, yeah, but you have to look at it also this way. Yeah, Roman Reigns has main evented too, but how many classics has CM Punk had at WrestleMania, period? Hmm. <laughs> okay, it, it's not about, you know, if that was the case, Undertaker would have been soured, you know, from day one. Every single time Undertaker's on the on a WrestleMania card, mind you, he's only main evented so little times at WrestleMania. I believe he has only main evented once or twice on WrestleMania. Okay, but other th- other than that, other than his over twenty times being on WrestleMania, he's only main evented twice, and never has he, you know, cried or complained about it. Okay, instead he's had classics that have overshadowed the main event. Okay, and to be honest with you, I, I can't really say about the whole CM Punk and Roman Reigns thing. All I know is, Mr. Roman, is that again, a lot of people are going into WrestleMania this time around, ignoring the main event, which is Roman Reigns and Triple H. When last year, a lot of people were doing the same. A lot of people were like, oh, that Lesnar-Reigns uh, match is going to suck. And then guess what? It ended up being a phenomenal drag out street fight that everyone keeps on talking about till this very day. Yeah, well we'll have to wait and see, but I just my personal opinion. You know, CM Punk a guy who always wanted to main event. He always complained about not being in the posters, main eventing, he wasn't on a was it an ice cream bar and Roman Reigns boom, second main event in WrestleMania already in, in, in a in a in a young career. But Mr. Roman, CM Punk was in par- was part of a storyline going into WrestleMania when he was facing The Undertaker that overshadowed the entire card, okay? The, even the crowd, social media, everyone was focusing on his match against The Undertaker that year, especially when he poured, you know, the, the ashes of Paul Bearer on top of... Uh, on top of The Undertaker. Yeah. Everyone was talking about that segment. Everyone was talking about that match. That has to be possibly one of the biggest build-up matches for WrestleMania since matches like Steamboat and Macho Man, since matches like Andre and Hogan. That had to be one hell of a build-up. And to me, that was a main event, so CM Punk technically did main event of WrestleMania. Right, that's your opinion now. Sinsuke Nakamura has now signed with the WWE. It's official. He even posted a picture with the WWE. Posted a picture with uh, Sinsuke and Triple H. Another addition from Japan to the NXT roster or the main roster. We don't know yet. Although rumors have that he is going to go ahead straight to the the main roster. This is a guy, George, and, and I don't know how much you followed him, but this is a guy, a former New Japan Pro Wrestling champion who has competed here in the states with ROH representing New Japan Wrestling. 
I hope, Georgia, they let him do his character, which is he comes out with these women and dance like a Michael. He's literally like a Michael Jackson, but the Japanese version. And the way that he wrestles is just incredible. And one interesting thing, George, is that he has wrestled Brock Lesnar in Japan. And and that is quite an exciting and, and, uh, and quite cool point to make because seeing those two next WrestleMania, that would be awesome because, you know, both of those guys are going to go strong style. As a matter of fact, now that you mentioned strong style and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, you know, they've actually, uh, Nakamura actually went even as far as uh, interacting with social media today when he went on to a Twitter exchange with Kevin Owens. Uh, when Kevin Owens was actually calling out Nakamura via Twitter, and uh, Nakamura responded saying, I'll see you soon, bro. Huh. You know, it, it, and uh, anything is possible in the WWE. Again, let's use Shane McMahon for your pure example. Anything can happen. They mentioned that Nakamura would not always be on NXT forever. They did say Nakamura will eventually be called up to the main roster. Now, would it be as soon as WrestleMania that Nakamura goes after Kevin Owens? We'll have to see. But Nakamura and Owens have faced each other already in Ring of Honor. And and I will say this. It was a phenomenal over 30-minute match, and I would recommend anyone to watch it. Google that. All right, folks, that pretty much wraps up Reality Check here on The Roman Show. Coming up next, we have Kyle Odo of None other than Failure Anthem. They, he talks about the new album and the band and how they got together and so forth. Check out their uh, their album right now, man. First World Problems, totally awesome. Kyle joins us right here on The Roman Show. Failure Anthem, coming up next. Right, thanks for listening, everyone. This is The Roman Show, and on the line is a pleasure to have Kyle, the guitarist of Failure Anthem. They are on the road right now as we speak. You can check out their music, including their first album, The First World Problems. You can pick it up right now. I've had the opportunity of listening to it, and by God, it's just absolutely awesome. Uh, Kyle, thanks very much, so much uh, for joining us here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Kyle, I, I'm definitely digging the new album. Uh, incredible music, uh, inspirational. Personally, one of my favorites is uh, Ghost Inside. But uh, great stuff putting it out. But noticing it, Paralyzed came out last year, and then you put out the album this year. Uh, tell me about that. How did that come about? You first released this, this single a while ago, and then you finally put out the, the complete album uh, in 2016. Yeah, we didn't really have anything out yet so we wanted to release you know a song to kind of get people listening to the band and get people familiar with the band hopefully build some interest in hearing more from us so we got the single out and we we toured on that a little bit you know kind of hyped things up as much as we could and tell me the history a little bit about how the band got together. I know you're pretty much a mastermind of the head of the band, but how, how did you get the group together and put a, a great masterpiece like First World Problems? Um, I was working in a studio um, 
doing some records for bands and I had written a few songs and I was talking to my best friend Drew about what I was going to do with them. He was like, well, you, you know, maybe you should have someone do some, like, sing over them and see, you know, how how it comes out. So I looked up JD because I recorded his band years ago and known him for a while. I had him come in and sing on a few of the tracks. I think the first one was Paralyzed. And, uh, we were like, well, this came out pretty awesome, so I guess we'll, you know, try and give this a go and have some fun with it. So then I found Ryan, Will, and Zane, and it was just kind of history from there. Yeah, absolutely great stuff. And so you came out with Paralyzed, and then soon after that, you guys just started working on the album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we wrote, honestly, we wrote probably like 30 songs just to kind of have like a, a, a batch that we could pick and choose from but yeah we worked for we worked on the record for about a year yeah yeah about a year and how about those other songs i mean are these possibly going to be into the next album to carry on um yeah yeah possibly i know there's two that, that will definitely be on the next record one of them we play live now um so yeah, I think I think a few of them will make the cut for the next one. One of my favorites, as I said, was "Ghost Inside." Uh, very nice lyrics to it. What what prompted this song? And uh, tell me a little history about the song and how it got started and written. Um, I wrote the song based off of like a uh, like an industrial electronic synth patch that I come up with. Um, and then, as far as like lyrically. We wanted to write about something kind of moody and dark, so we were like, what if we wrote about, like, a person who has screwed over a, everyone to get where they are, but at the end of the day, when they go to sleep, their conscience is still there, and they still have to live with what they've done, and you can't ever really get rid of that. So, so it's kind of saying from the conscience perspective. Great stuff, yeah. Personally, I love that one, and, and, and the singing is just amazing by the uh, JD. Great voice, really, really great voice. And I, I hate to do it, but I I got that sense there, that comparison of Daughtry there a little bit with his with his vocal. It, it's just amazing stuff. Yeah, we we all we all kind of hear that. Yeah, no one no one hates that comparison. <laughs> we all love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great great stuff there. So now you're on the road. Uh, I understand you're with Adelita's Way, also Shaman's Harvest. Uh, some of the, 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 the dates here are the way till March, but what do you got uh, in the springtime coming up and then in the summertime, you're going to hit all the states? Yeah, 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 we, we plan on it. We have um, we have some festival stuff up, which you can check out on our website. We have some stuff coming up that we can't announce yet, but we'll be announcing pretty soon that uh, we'll be pretty busy this year. I'll just put it that way. How has it been? Uh, how's how's the road treated you so far? Oh, it's been great. All the bands have been awesome. The crowd responses have been phenomenal. All the fans are amazing. It's been it's been like a perfect experience, honestly. Kyle, I know that in, in with each band, you know, you got your members, and each member has something special about them. But I, I read that JD is a uh, is a chef, and he really takes his cooking very seriously. Uh, is he cooking on the road? Does he have time to do that? And he he treats everyone else in the rest of the band. Um. Yeah. Yeah. When when time allows it. Yeah. 
but yeah, he's phenomenal. It's it's pretty insane. <laughs> Great stuff. I hopefully you guys yeah. come down here to Florida soon. And uh, heck, prior to the show, we can eat some of his of uh, his work. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Kyle, I'd enjoy that. Absolutely. I want to thank you very much uh, for coming on here on The Roman Show, and you can check out their touring dates on FailureAnthem.com. You can pick up the uh, album right now as we speak. Uh, First World Problems is out right now. Great stuff. Anything else you want to add, Kyle? Um, Just uh, keep coming to the shows, hanging out with us, talking to us. We love meeting everyone. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure, Kyle. Thanks so much, and uh, stay away from that cold weather. Awesome. I'll try. (laughs) Thank you. And now, it's time to give you a reality check. And to follow us on social media, at The Roman Show. Coming up real soon, we have Angelico of Lucha Underground joining us here on The Roman Show to talk about his experience with the program and the alliance that AAA has with Lucha Underground. We'll talk that and much more, and obviously his experience wrestling in South Africa since he is South African and how he got into professional wrestling and training for a company that was run by Booker T. Well, the dream match that everyone wanted to see that everyone had been anticipating and basically a gift to the fans of mixed martial arts is no longer a goal. Bantamweight champion Conor McGregor will not be taking on the lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos at the UFC 196 pay-per-view, Los Anjos suffered an injury and he has now stepped out of that fight. So Conor McGregor is now alone. He has no opponent. Many people have thrown in their names in the hat. One of them being none other than Donald Cerrone who just fought this weekend and got a, a submission victory or, over Carlos Oliveira. He has thrown down and we know the experience. We know the history of the Cowboy Cerrone. He is down to fight anytime, any place. He's already put in his name. In fact, he said that his nutritionist and him are just waiting on the okay from the UFC. Another person that has thrown his name in the hat is Nate Diaz. Boy, what a fight will that be leading up to it and all of the talking that both Nate and McGregor will have uh, be going at it one-on-one. Another person that has been uh, put his name down, Anthony Pettis has thrown down his name. And the UFC did reach out to Jose Aldo, the former champion, and he turned it down after, quote-unquote, was not prepared and not in shape to compete against Conor McGregor. Frank Yeager, another one who has been addressing that he wants a shot at Conor McGregor, well, he turned it down because he allegedly has an injury. So right now it seems that the strong candidate happens to be Donald Cerrone. We will see what happens within the next few days. Of course, UFC 196 is around the corner. So whatever happens, it's going to be very interesting. And leading up to the fight, hearing Conor McGregor's voice just let out his frustrations because of the the opponent change, it's going to be quite exciting. George Joe Rogan has said on his podcast that he believes CM Punk's uh, injury yeah, are a perfect sign that he should he should have worked his way up the ranks in the UFC, not just basically give him a, a contract and get him right inside the octagon. We CM Punk declared that he's going to have surgery for a back injury. 
A herniated disc that has been bothering her for bothering him for quite some time. And it's believable. I mean, a lot of people get hurt uh, in professional wrestling. Just take a look at Daniel Bryan. But the, the, put the truth here. I think the UFC rushed too much with CM Punk. They got excited. I think he should have taken a couple of fights. I know that they don't give too much credit to Brock Lesnar, but he did fight. I believe it was one fight before the UFC, one or two fights. But he had some experience. It's not like he just jumped into the octagon right there and then. CM Punk has had zero training. At least Brock Lesnar had a wrestling background. He had a legitimate wrestling background. CM Punk had nothing. I mean, if CM Punk gets a contract for practicing jiu-jitsu, I don't know, four or five times out of the week, or an hour or two, shoot, I should get a contract with the UFC. I practice Muay Thai three, four, five times a week too. He's had no experience. And knowing that he's coming with all these injuries just goes to show you that CM Punk is injury prone. Are we ever going to get to see CM Punk inside an octagon? I don't know, George. Well, here's the thing, and you took the words right out of my mouth, uh, because Mr. Rogan, uh, you know, was bashing the whole situation on Punk, but he also felt the same way towards Brock Lesnar, and like how you were saying, you know, I have to disagree with the Brock Lesnar part, because at least he had one fight before UFC, and on top of that, it's not like Brock Lesnar didn't know some amateur wrestling, because he had amateur wrestling in his background. You know, so he he was more, I want to say he was more experienced. He was more well-deserving of a UFC contract because of his past history. Okay, so that, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth on that one. And, but I'll tell you this one. I do agree with Mr. Rogan when it comes to CM Punk. Because here's the guy, okay, and this is not bashing CM Punk. This is just using his words completely. Okay, here's a guy that was, you know, venting, let's use that because I don't want to say he was complaining, he was venting about how injury-prone he was in the WWE. And MMA fans all over the world think pro uh, professional wrestling is more fake than, you know, MMA. So here's a guy that was venting about his injuries coming into UFC into a more real contact sport. Okay, so already he's making himself look bad with injuries. But not only that, but he doesn't have any, you know, jujitsu background or amateur wrestling background or none of that. So, yeah, I could see where Mr. Rogan is coming from, and I have to agree with him. So, personally, a lot of people are waiting to see the first punk fight just to see his butt get handed to him. That's how many fans want to see this fight, but I believe his first fight is against uh, Mickey Gow. Yeah, and, and he's had, you know, two fights and win, which is all right. It's cool, but it just, you know, they hyped it up. It's been about well, close to a year now that, that, that they signed CM Punk, and nothing has happened. It's pretty upsetting, again, because a lot of fighters want this opportunity, and they have competed for a long time, and they still cannot get an opportunity into UFC, or for that matter, another big promotion like a Bellator or a uh, the World Series of Fighting. Uh, wasn't, a, wasn't Nick Diaz one of those names that th uh, threw his name yeah. in the hat saying that he wanted Punk? Yeah, I mean, they, they all wanted Punk. I mean, they, they see it as a, a good way of, of getting free promotion, free publicity, and I understand them. It makes a total sense. But oh well. Huh. 
Moving forward. I still want to see Jason David Frank though against Punk. <sighs> Please, that 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 just stop it. And you know, which you 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 make me. Uh, you you mentioned JDS and NCM Punk, which allows me to segue into Dada Five Thousand and Kimbo Slice, who took place this past weekend. Listen, I interviewed Dada Five Thousand. Yes, he's had two professional fights, but. And I'll be honest with you, and I, and I want to get clarification. I I spoke to Dada Five Thousand, and you know he told me that he was training in in this secluded place. He has his own gym and so forth. But according to that fight that we saw with Kimbo Slice, he did not look like he trained appropriately. And I'm not just gonna bash on Dada Five Thousand, because Kimbo Slice also did not look at his at his top shape. I mean, this guy was tired too. Sure, he was landing some strikes, and his his boxing skills looked like. 10 times better than Dada 5000, but don't think to anyone here that, that Kimbo Slice was, was, was a god. Uh, he was fighting Dada 5000, and Dada was not. He did not train. You can just see right there, because of that fight, he did not train what a fighter is supposed to train, and unfortunately, because of that, uh, he ended up being taken out of the arena, or out of the cage, on a stretcher. According to the family, they said that Dada had accumulated extremely high levels of potassium in his blood, which led to severe dehydration, fatigue, and renal failure. This guy nearly died, George. He nearly died, and I got to give him credit. I really do, because he put his ass on the line for almost three rounds, and he lasted with what was seen to be not appropriate training for a fight, George. Well, training is is extremely important, you know, in this business. Uh, you know, if if you're expecting to go in there with any kind of fighter, you know, you could go in there with any kind of fighter from Kimbo Slice all the way up to Dan Henderson. If you don't go in there, you know, with a proper, you know, regimen of training and all that stuff, don't you could die. <laughs> you could die. Yeah, exactly. So don't don't expect to have a happy outcome. You know, and and here's the thing, Mr. Roman, this is going to sound very, very heartless on my part, but every person that's in a business like UFC, WWE, etc., they all know what they're doing, okay? They all know the kind of importance it is to become a fighter, a pro wrestler, or, or even NBA, you know, we're NBA, uh, you know, or, or you, or, um, sorry, NFL, you know, all these people know how important it is in their role to train, okay? So if you don't train, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, uh, better luck next time. I'm going to say, no, dude, you deserve this. It's your fault that's happened <laughs> because yeah. you knew what came with the program. You got a huge pamphlet saying, hey, I, you need to train. You need to make sure you're at this weight you have to make sure that you're in tip-top, uh, you know, shape. You also have to make sure you know your game, etc. If you do not come in with that, I am sorry to tell you, you're a grown adult, so I'm not going to freaking baby you. I'm just going to tell you it's your fault. Well, I will tell you this. The Texas uh, Sports Commission has said that they did evaluate data and, and they say that he was in great shape to perform. They did run tests. It's not like we just jumped in there like that. But this just shows you that... You need to train. You can't just get in there and just fight whoever the hell you want. You can't just fight any bum. Uh, but I will tell you this, George, although this fight was not... I personally love the hype than the fight. But 
because the, the talk was hilarious. I think it was just great. The, the promos these guys were cutting, Kimbo and Stice and Dada 5000, were hilarious. If you were to put that in the WWE, you'll get ratings. But, surely enough, all of that talk led to over 2 point million viewers on Spike, which broke records. So, whether you like it or not, whether the fight did not please you as an MMA fan or as a fight fan in general, listen, Spike got what they wanted, Bellator got what they wanted, they got over 2 million people watching that fight on Friday night. And that just wasn't the only fight they got the attention. Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock was the main event, and that fight ended up in controversy. Allegedly, according to Ken Shamrock, he was kneed in the groin area by Royce Gracie, causing Ken Shamrock to bo- uh, crumble and, and, and turtle up until eventually Hoist landed some hammer fist and the referee stopped the fight. According to Ken Shamrock, the referee did not see that. Ken Shamrock was protesting and surely enough he's petitioning the result of that loss. And in fact, he's saying that he never lost that fight and that the trilogy never happened and that this fight should be ruled a no contest so now it's just a matter of waiting to see what the outcome will be uh, out of this petition. But George, I'm not sure if you've seen the video, but it, it does pretty much seem that Hoyce Gracie need, I'm sure not intentionally, but he need Ken Shamrock uh, in the family jewels. And listen, anyone's going to go down to that. Well, I haven't seen the video myself, Mr. Roman, but I'm going to tell you this much. If it's in the footage, footage doesn't lie. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. The footage does not lie. So if it's in the footage, I say rule it like how they, they want to declare it, a, a no contest. Uh, you, because UFC, ha, that's, this is what I respect so much about the UFC. The UFC actually respects their instant replay, you know, ruling. They actually go back and they replay scene over and over and over again. For all you people that watch the UFC pay-per-views, you know what I'm talking about. We probably see, like, a replay of a knockout five times in a row. It's like, God, we already know what happened. (laughs) But if it's in the footage and they don't respect, you know, the fact that it happened and they see it, then... uh, what can I say? You know, what does that tell tell me about that? You know, it, it, footage doesn't lie, <laughs> so I have to I, I have to stand behind Ken Shamrock on this one. Well, we're gonna have to wait and see the outcome of that. But I wait just an update. Uh, Dada's five thousands rep says that he is walking and he is moving and he should be released from the hospital later this week. We will have an update on that and we will work very hard to obtain an interview with Dada five thousand and catch up with him. Finally, last subject, George. Anderson Silva makes his comeback to the uh, octagon and takes on Michael Bisping. These two have been going at it on a verbal uh, fight. Uh, They've been going at it and attacking each other. And, you know, this is like a throwback because you got two legends. But Bisping, I I guess, you know, European, I guess you could could put him uh, up there, but definitely a veteran. And obviously Michael um, Anderson Silva is a legend itself. But these two are going to go at it. I, I, I think that uh, it's good for the sport. You, and, and the best thing about it is it's on UFC Fight Pass. So for nine ninety nine, you can get this fight. And here you have two guys that have, have had a legacy in MMA. And they're going to meet with each other for the first time. Now, I got my money, believe it or not, on Anderson Silva. I think that he should take this fight because of his striking. Obviously, Michael Bisping is another striker himself. But Anderson Silva is just a lot skilled and a lot 
of a smart fighter compared to Michael Bisping. But I will tell you this: it's not gonna give, it's not gonna give you that classical uh, Robbie Lawler versus uh, Rory McDonald type of fight. But it will give you an exciting and entertainment one. I will, I will guarantee you that. And you can just tell this by all the smack talking they've been having prior to this fight. But it's it's pretty interesting to see these these guys go at it. Enhancement, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There was a suspended for enhancement. And he's coming back, and allegedly he was using something of a sexual enhancement. Okay, I'm going to use that as my key point here. Enhancement drug. That's what he was suspended for. Mm-hmm. Something similar, not exactly the same, but something similar that what happened to Bigfoot, Bigfoot Silva. Yes. They, they took him off the drug, and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he was destroyed. Yes. So what's going to happen? Anderson is going to literally have the pressure on his shoulders because if you notice, everyone the UFC catches doing drugs, and they tell them, "Okay, you're suspended for 30 days. Hey, you're suspended for 60. Oh, you're suspended for 90, or whatever be the case." When they come back and they don't have that help that they first came into to the octagon with, they tend to lose a little oomph. Bigfoot was one of those guys that could take a punch, okay? All of a sudden, he was taken off the enhancement, and he was knocked out. <laughs> hmm. So, I don't know, man. The pressure is a lot on Anderson Silva, especially now. Again, I'm not supporting enhancement drugs, but it's just the truth. It's, it's in the freaking uh, record books of how many people were taking off enhancement drugs, and when they come back, they get destroyed, mm-hmm. okay? Anderson Silva has a lot of pressure on his shoulders, so in this case, I'm sorry, Mr. Roman, but I'm going to have to go for Bisping. Well, let's see what happens uh, this Saturday on UFC Fight Pass. UFC visits London. With that said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Roman Show. We'll catch you here next week. George will join me, and uh, we'll talk some more WrestleMania. We'll talk some rock. We'll talk some MMA. We'll talk some baseball. Whatever the hell we feel like, George, because, heck, yeah, you might even throw in the, some politics. Right on. You know, your your boy Donald Trump won South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, uh, freaking WWE Hall of Famer might become your next U.S. president. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, we could have a WrestleMania, like, inside the White House or something, you know, like some sort of a match. Yeah, you never you know? know. Hey, they tried with capital, uh, capital punishment, you know, uh, with the whole White House gig with yeah. Obama being live at the <laughs> at the arena, the Obama impos- impersonator. But uh, yeah, I could just imagine if Donald Trump wins a presidency, how much the WWE will gloat, saying that they have a United States president as a Hall of Famer. Well, look how much they were gloating with Jesse Ventura when uh, he was the governor. The governor, yeah, yeah same thing. So it, it, it is. This is something we. This is a rodeo that we've seen before. Except it's going to be a whole lot better of your picture. Uh, picture. Now, from this day forth, uh, Mr. Roman, can I be known as Unfiltered George on this show? Sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, George, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, make sure to email us at info at theromanshow.com if you want to participate somehow, some way. You can call us, 786-942-9424. Leave your messages there. We will play them right here on the air. And follow us on social media at The Roman Show and on Facebook, facebook.com. Till next time, if you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. <laughs>